Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. What a few weeks, right? I mean, for some of you, it might be a few months at this point. To go ahead and timestamp this episode, we are still in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Most of us have been under a stay-at-home order, which basically means you can go to the grocery store. Otherwise, it's you and your family and your pets staring at each other or a screen for hours a day. Or it means you get to figure out working from home in the chaos of a toddler life, or maybe trying to make sure your kid knows the alphabet fraction, state capitals. None of that is going well here at the Holland House, really. I mean, Henley's going to roll up on kindergarten in August, maybe, just knowing A through M, because I just, I don't have it in me to make sure she knows past that. For most of us, it just means surviving at this point. That in and of itself feels like a battle, truly. It's like you have to suit up for each day right now. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. The times in your life when the weight on your chest only seems to get heavier, when you can't seem to figure out how to get to the other side of whatever is going on. Have you experienced it? I know many of you are right now, but I mean, I can think of other times too. You know, for me heading into my mid-20s, I haven't been married a year yet. And my husband was still learning, you know, don't advise me on my laundry folding techniques and get used to cereal for dinner because I never remember to sit the chicken out to defrost. Still don't. That in and of itself is a battle. But it was around that time I started struggling to get out of bed. Not in the I stayed up too late watching Netflix kind of tired, but more like I didn't want to face the day or any of the people that came along with it. I just didn't feel like I had the energy for it. But I also didn't feel like I could talk about it. I mean, I was a newlywed with a great husband, a cute home, a job I loved, supportive family. It was everything I wanted. But I was just sad overwhelmingly so. And what started as sadness transformed into thoughts like I'm not capable, good enough, or valuable in any way to anyone. I was in the heart of a battle and I felt like I was fighting alone. Have you ever felt like that? I mean, your battle might look different. It could be with anxiety or fear. What's going to happen next? Will I find the one? Will this pregnancy last? Maybe it's anger or bitterness. Why'd she say that to me? Why'd my dad leave? Why does my life look completely different than I thought it would? Right now, especially, it could be loneliness. Maybe it's envy, comparison. Why don't I look like her? Why didn't my family act like that? For you, it could be a diagnosis, an addiction, a loss, whatever you are carrying right now. How are you fighting your battle? Or maybe it's how will you fight your battle? You know, for months, I found myself slowly working my way through Exodus. Because let me honestly tell you, if you feel broken, lonely, unsure, if you are in the middle of a battle, there has never been a time God hasn't met me right where I am and given me exactly what I didn't know I needed through His Word. So when I was in Exodus, I was learning that Moses and the Israelites, the Jewish people, they were fighting a lot of their own battles. 
Moses is the guy who led the Jewish people out of slavery. That whole Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go song, that was written about Moses. And yes, I absolutely considered singing that to you. And you are welcome that I backed out of that real hard. But Moses, he stands up to Pharaoh and eventually... Pharaoh agrees to let the Israelites go after 400 years of slavery and 10 pretty intense plagues God sent to convince him. So Moses led them out of Egypt toward their promised land on the other side of the Red Sea. So how did they know where they were going? Well, in Exodus 13, 21, it says, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. Later on, the Bible says that they went a roundabout way, which is what I say to Ryan when I'm not real sure how to exactly get where we're going. They weren't going the expected route, the route they were comfortable with. This roundabout way made the Israelites believe they were being delayed from what God had promised them, from their victory, from their peace. But they weren't being delayed. They were being prepared. God never moved from right in front of them. He never extinguished the fire or removed the cloud. He was visibly with them. But for us, it's a little harder, right? I mean, we don't physically lay eyes on him like the Israelites did. It doesn't feel as obvious. But if you trust Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. He is your cloud by day. He is your fire by night. He is what stays with us in our wilderness during our long nights when we lay awake, unsure what to do. He is what reminds us that God does not lose us in our wilderness. God does not leave us in our wilderness. He leads us through it. And maybe not always in the most obvious way, but always with purpose. So they're traveling through the desert and God pulls Moses aside and he's like, hey, I'm gonna give you a play-by-play about what's gonna happen next. God was gonna harden Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh was gonna call for his army and he was gonna set out after the Israelites. Look in Exodus 14, eight. It says, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel who had left with fists raised in defiance. When they had walked out of Egypt back in chapter 13, they had left feeling like they'd already won. They were free. After 400 years of working dawn till dusk every single day. But on that day, when they walked out of Egypt, they did it with fists raised high. They were ready for battle, ready for freedom and knowing they had found it in the God who'd saved them. But look what happens in Exodus 14, nine through 10. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They were just a week out from being freed, from leaving Egypt with their fists raised. The pillar of God was still in front of them, but they turned and they looked behind them and they saw defeat racing toward them. You can think of it, they turned and they saw their past rushing up at them. And at this point, I'm like, come on. I mean, there's literally a cloud of God in front of you, around you, and you're scared right now. But they were tired, weary, worn out, and uncertain. And that is the perfect soil for fear to root itself. The hands that were once raised for battle, raised in defiance, now hung limply at their sides. 
they couldn't see the end of the story because they were lost in the fear of the moment. And that is not just a them thing. That is an us thing, especially right now in a season no one saw coming in a time when everything normal is different. When we don't know what will be on the other side, we don't even know what the other side looks like. Our uncertainty about our circumstance makes us uncertain about God's promise. A little over five years ago, Ryan and I walked out of UT Hospital with a newborn baby. And I wanted to turn around and walk right back in and just live there for maybe like six months because they really seemed to know what they were doing. And I definitely did not. I would lay awake at night staring at the rise and fall of Henley's chest, convinced that my eyes on her was the only thing keeping her alive. And let me tell you, that was a real sweet time for my marriage. I mean, if Ryan so much as breathed in a way that I thought was offensive, he got to hear about it. But this beautiful season of bringing life into the world was getting rampaged by the battle in my heart. I was on the verge of panic, like the Israelites. They had done a hard thing walking out of Egypt, and they had done it with their fists raised high. They were ready for battle. But then they reached the front lines. You know, when you're not in a battle, it's easy to feel ready for the battle. You know, before the diagnosis, before the marriage struggles, before the pandemic, before whatever the battle is, we have our fists raised and we are ready to fight. We think we know just how we'll do it. But when the opposing army is rushing at us, our hands drop, our hearts tremble and our fear fogs all reality. But don't you know that's Satan's plan all along? Do you think once you trust Jesus, the enemy will forget about you? Just like Pharaoh after Israel, Satan pursues us, hoping to destroy us, to make us feel unable to fight. Where are you in your battle right now? Have you just reached the front line? Are you in the heart of it, trying your hardest to see to the other side, but feeling like you're losing? You aren't the only one, I promise. What is happening in our hearts usually stays there bottled up, And it starts leaking out slowly, damaging us, our family, our friends, random strangers who drive too slow in the left lane on the interstate. So what do you do when the enemy is rushing at you? You might be listening and thinking, yeah, that's great for you, Callie, but you don't understand my battle. You know, tonight you'll get in bed and you'll lie awake wondering what to do. You're scared, uncertain, hopeless. The Israelites, they were all of those things too. But look what Moses said to them, Exodus 14, 13 through 14. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Moses told the people to stop, to stand still. And most times that's God's instructions to us. Sadness tells you there's no way out. Fear tells you to run. Impatience tells you to act too soon. In the chaos of the moment, the panic, as hundreds of thousands of people are sure they're facing death, Moses stands before the Israelites and he tells them how it will end. God will fight for you, not God will let you fight or God will fight with you. Moses is saying God will fight for you. In other words, right now, You are trying to fight battles you were never meant to fight. Moses didn't know what God would do, 
but he knew what the result would be. And I don't know what God will do for you, but I know what the result will be if you follow Jesus. I know what he wants for you. In Ephesians, it says he wants abundantly more for you than you can ever think or imagine. In Jeremiah, he flat out says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Moses knew God would save his people and their enemies would be destroyed. He could say to Israel, the Lord will fight for you because he remembered the chains littering the ground as the slaves walked out of Egypt free. This was a pivotal point for the Israelites. They had a choice to make. The army is closing in. Their backs were up against the Red Sea. They couldn't see a way out. Would they surrender to a life of slavery, chained to hopelessness? What would you do? I guess the better question is, what will you do? What will I do? As the enemy is rushing at us, when we can't see a way out, will we surrender to the chains of sadness anxiousness, anger, bitterness, fear. You know, we think surrender is weakness. Well, it is. But look in 2 Corinthians, as the apostle Paul battles his enemy, look at God's response. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, each time he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. The hardest thing to do in a battle is surrender. But I'm not asking that we surrender to the battle but surrender the battle to the God who is bigger than your battle, who says, I will fight for you. I will take what you see as weakness and use it to shape you in your wilderness because he never loses us or leaves us in our battle. He can do more in one minute of a battle than we can in a lifetime of battles. Right now, maybe you're fighting so hard and honestly, it's awful. Maybe you almost didn't even listen today because you're just so tired of it all. But today I want us to do something. This is a little different. I've never done anything like this before. But I want us to take a piece of paper, anything, an envelope, coloring page, a journal. And then I want you to write your battle down on it. Whatever it is that keeps popping up, whatever it is that weighs heavy on you, whatever it is you can't seem to get to the other side of. There's something about claiming it, seeing it right in front of you. Write down whatever it is you're doing your best to get through. Put words to what you've been fighting, to what you've been feeling. A friend of mine told me there's something freeing in just this first step. You know, the step of grabbing hold of what looms in the back of our minds day in and day out. Write it down. And then I want to invite you to do something with this paper, with this battle. I want to ask you to surrender, not to the battle on that piece of paper, but surrender the battle to the God who is ready to fight it for you. Our white knuckle grip on control has left us believing we decide the outcome. You know, my pastor has said before, when we're obedient, when we surrender, we aren't responsible for the outcome. Jesus is, and it will be hard and it will be painful because surrender means you're done maneuvering and manipulating situations to fit your outcome. Surrender means that you're done trying to fight what you alone can't win. Surrender means your heart may still be broken, but you won't carry the pieces alone anymore. Surrender is choosing his peace over our process. It's choosing his presence over my preferences. Moses could say, be calm, let the Lord fight because Moses had seen God's faithfulness in the face of his own faithlessness. And you know what God did? 
The sea the Israelites thought they were trapped by became the path through which they were rescued. That circumstance, relationship, health problem, job, worldwide virus, stay-at-home order that you feel trapped by right now, it just might be the path through which God rescues you. God split that sea and the Israelites walked right through to the other side, and then they turned around to see God swallow up the entire Egyptian army in its waters. It's amazing what you can see once you're on the other side of something. Can I tell you something from the other side of some of my own battles? You are worth fighting for. God can fight all your battles because guess what? He has already won the war. If you follow Jesus, you know how this story ends. Regardless of how big or small your battle is, every single one ends the same way. In victory as God uses it over and over again to reveal his glory. Tomorrow you might wake up and feel the weight of your battle pressing down on you again. You might feel it as soon as this episode ends. What then? Surrender as many times as it takes. And that requires us to stand still in the full confidence that we know how this story ends. I want you to take that piece of paper you wrote your battle on and I want you to fold it over. And then I want you to claim truth over your battle. Just like writing it down helps us face it, writing truth over it helps us defeat it. I want you to know without a doubt, he has not left you. He has not lost you. He is fighting for you, actively fighting for you right now. So write that down on your folded piece of paper. He has not left me. He has not lost me. He is fighting for me. And remember the words of Moses. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.